What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Wednesday noon. Actually, it's 12.02 because it ain't uh, Brooks Austin NBR running by himself without Dicko in the studio. Without some technical difficulties, so I had all kinds of problems scheduling the stream, getting the right ones out. You know, not even muting my own computer, which is classic me. Um, yeah, so we got all kinds of things going on, but it is NBR, nothing but rants, the show where I find topics and bring them to you that I'm rather passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I am hot about, like this one. It's the importance of having good people around you. This is something I've learned as I've gotten a little bit older. Um, and even back, you know, when I was in high school, I always had a great group of friends around me. Um, it's the people that kept me level-headed. Now, the primary level-headedness, um, albeit very, very small, because, yep, yeah, I'm very confident in what I do. Um, but the level-headedness that I have now comes from my wife, right? My best friend, the one that brings me down. A great person to have around me uh, brings me back down to the level that I'm supposed to be. Urban Meyer's been in the news as of late, right? Obviously, the videos surfaced of him last week, um, you know, at his own bar, doing whatever it is that he was doing. This was after a Thursday night game uh, up there in Ohio. They played Cincinnati on the road. They lost that game, obviously. Um, and then the videos of him, you know, doing what he did this weekend at the bar surfaced. And a couple of things in this video and in this situation in general are downright dumb, right? Um, number one, you lost your fourth straight game in the NFL, right? More games that you lost in one season ever, I believe, in his coaching experience. Um, so yeah, instead of getting your butt back down to the office in Jacksonville, you stayed in Ohio and did whatever it is that you were doing. That's a bad mistake, right? That's a dumb decision. Probably not the best. Dude sent his entire roster back to Jacksonville on a private plane or a team plane and just elected not to ride back with them after a loss. Not a great decision, right? Pretty dumb. Um, it's also ironic to me and rather dumb and almost sad that all this happened at his own bar, his own restaurant, uh, with a picture of his wife on the wall, believe it or not. There is a picture of his wife and him hugging after, a, I believe, a Florida win or maybe an Ohio State win on the sideline, both of them hugging, you know, emotional, whatever, on the wall. Meanwhile, he's doing what he's doing at his own restaurant again. Um, and then the press conference, the way it was handled in that aspect was just downright dumb. It was a dumb decision. The way he came about, uh, refused to meet with his team as a whole, instead had to face them in individual groups, right, in their team or in their position meetings, as opposed to meeting the entire team. So he's kind of lost all of that in terms of every way to go about this was in poor manner. He made poor decisions left and right, dumb decisions left and right, all the way down to even the press conference of saying that he was sorry, right? Coming out and saying, you know, I made a mistake, yada, 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 um, whatever it is that he did. He kind of looked like a, a defeated kid, right? He, he looked like a kid that got caught writing on the wall after mommy and daddy said, don't do it. That's exactly what it looked like. But here's my main takeaway from this. And it's my main takeaway, right? Now, we, we can talk about how bad of a decision was, how bad it looks for him, whether or not Jacksonville should fire him. We can talk about that. That's not what I'm here to talk about. The opening take and, and the rant here, the point of the emphasis here, the thing that people need to take away from this, especially um, if you're someone that's pretty much in the limelight everywhere you go. You're Urban Meyer. You're not just another guy at your own restaurant. You're the guy that owns it. And you're a head coach in the NFL. You're a very well-known individual. Um where in the hell were his friends? Where, where in the hell was his support group, his support staff, the guys, the, the people that are around him, the the you know guys and gals that should have his best interest in heart at all times? Again, at your own restaurant, where were these people? You know, it's why it's so 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 important to have very very good people around you at all times. Having people around you in today's world where everything is seen. Everything is put out on social media. Everything is available with one little click of your button on your phone. You can record everything. Most people do. Phones are out. Videos are recorded everywhere you go. Where, where are the people that are there to take care of them? Saying, hey, Herb, yeah, a little bit too much to drink tonight. We probably shouldn't be here in the first place, but let's go home. Right? Let's get in a cab and let's go home. Having good people around you, invaluable. 100% invaluable. And I think that's, to me, the saddest part, that he didn't have anybody in that restaurant that cared enough to say, hey, dude, we probably shouldn't be doing this right now. You know what I'm saying? We should probably be getting home. 
Uh-huh. We should probably be getting back to Jacksonville. We're 0-4 right now. We need to go somewhere, okay? Um, yeah, not a good look for him, um, but it is what it is, right, for a head coach that, you know, I think since since he took the job at Jacksonville has had nothing but, you know, bad things happen, right? Uh, hired the strength coordinator from Iowa. They got ran out of there for racial issues up there. Um, got confronted about that in his own locker room, then got fined for not really knowing how to practice, then did the whole Tebow experience, and now this, right? Oh, and on top of that, 0-4. Um, with the number one overall pick, I, I get it was the number one overall pick because the roster was poor last year, and the football team in general is pretty bad, but still, nothing going really, really good right now for Urban Meyer, and it wasn't going good before this weekend, and now it's absolutely going terrible. Um, yeah, so that is our opening kick, and we do... Have a new sponsor this week. As you can see, I did it in this lower hand corner. It is Thrive Fantasy. If I could pull up my read because I'm unprofessional and I'm not used to this. All right. So Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for the both over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win the share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for each NFL weekend and has awarded over $4 million already this season. Thrive Fantasy features a $100,000 guaranteed contest, uh, is $20 to enter, and the first place takes home twenty grand. Think about that, twenty grand. What a great weekend that would be for you. Uh, use promo code BROOKS over on thrivefantasy.com and sign up today. You will receive 100% instant match bonus up to $100. You can download the Fantasy app, the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or Google Play Store, however it is you go about getting your fantasy apps or visit thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and get your prop on today. I like this because it's not like most fantasy groups. Um, It's not like most fantasy apps, right? You're not really picking total points. You're picking player props, right? Just like, uh, you know, player props are fun, right? You go in there, you say, hey, JT Daniels, well, they don't have NCAA. Let's go NFL. Joe Burrow's going to throw for over 285 yards today. I like that one. I also like uh, T. Higgins to have over 45 yards receiving. I like that one. I'm going to take the under on Tom Brady's total. You rack up 10 of those entries. You enter a pool. You got a chance to win some major bucks over there at Thrive Fantasy. And for our Discord homies and our Patreon family, we're going to have a pool where we can go against each other very, very soon. So I would appreciate it if you sign up. Doesn't cost you much. A little $10 at the bare minimum, uh, $20, $100, $200, whatever you're feeling necessary to do. And they will match your direct deposit immediately so you get double your value. Appreciate you. Support those who support our program. We've got a loaded show for you guys today. Of course, um, there's something I want to address with Georgia fans, um, and we'll knock that right off the bat uh, today. And it is the title. It's a little Stetson Bennett related. Uh, got a good little story for you. Good little connection point for you. Hope you stick around for that one. Of course, we got buy, sell, and hold. We'll be very, very quick and short to the point with that one today. Um, not as in-depth as we have been on buy, sell, and hold because there's just too many talking points for us to hit on during today's show, so we'll do that. Um, Also going to teach some coaches a little lesson about what it means to accept responsibility. I saw three football coaches this weekend, of course all three lost, that I think need to take a little lesson that they preach to their kids and their players all the time about accepting responsibility, and I think it might help their program in the long run, all three of them. So if you just stick around for that one, those three coaches, spoiler alert, it's Dan Mullen, it's Ed Orgeron, and it's Brian Kelly. I got a little something for all three of those guys. Um, So yeah, you're going to want to check that one out a little bit later. And of course, we got Stone Cold B's Austin's Lock of the Week. We're a 2-1 on the season. Daggum you, Ole Miss. Um, Shame on me for betting against Alabama and Nick Saban. Nonetheless, 
We will give you another lock of this week. I really like this one as well this week. Of course, as always, they are my locks. Um, if you could, let's support the show however, wherever you found us. Hit that thumbs up button. That's how we go shooting up the rankings uh, and shooting up that algorithm. Uh, if you like today's show at any point, if you are out, can't catch them all, um, I get it. It's not Pokemon. Can't catch them all. But you can't catch the entire show every once in a while. I understand it. I will download the video or the audio to this pod or to this live stream. We'll put it up on the pod, podcast platform. Been asked about that quite a bit lately. Uh, the Film Guy Network, however, wherever you find your podcast, this will be available shortly after the show. So appreciate you guys for being here. Of course, always you can feel free to sign up for the Patreon service. That's a fast, fast growing family. A really fast-growing family. And if you want to jump in on it, head over to patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. We had a load of information go up there this morning, and we'll have a load of information go up there tomorrow morning as well. So if you want to stay up-to-date and plugged in to your favorite program, uh, most of you guys are University of Georgia fans. If you want to stay plugged in and up-to-date, head over there, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. And of course, you always get extra film studies over there. We do about three hours worth of film studies every single week. Um, just for you guys over on patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. So feel free to hit it up. All right. Got to ask you. I think we already did hit that. Like we already did. We already did it. If you want to share it, feel free to share it, man. Uh, our first, <laughs> our first super sub of the day. I wish I was on Streamyard where I could throw it up on the screen. Cause this one's funny. It comes from our, our, our dear, dear friend, Jamie Goodman says $20 towards the keep Dan Mullen in Gainesville fund. Um, I don't think you're going to have any problems with that. I think they just extended him quite a bit through like 2023. So he's going to be around for a little minute, a little minute down there in Gainesville. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him in just a second, but I think most importantly, especially considering what's going on with JT Daniels um, and when and if he's going to be back anytime soon, um, I, I expect, first of all, he's going to be back this season, just don't know when, and they don't know when. I think that's clear if you've been paying attention to Kirby Smart's comments as of late because lap muscles are very, very you know interesting. You know, Obliques are very difficult as well, and now you got a whole right side that's kind of inflamed. And it's going to take some time. It's going to take some recovery as well um, and some treatment. So we don't know when that's going to happen, when JT Daniels is going to come back in. But most importantly, I think there needs to be an adjustment uh, from the Georgia fan base as to how it is that you guys feel and think and respond to a guy by the name of Stetson Bennett. And I'll tell it to you this way, right? Let's travel all the way back in time, if we will, please. I'm a 1994 baby, so, you know, this might be not as relative to some of you older, you know, not older folks, but some of you guys and gals that are a little bit older than I. This reference, this, uh, you know, story might not match up with your timeline as an adult, but most of my audience is around or near my age range, and you'll definitely understand where I'm coming from no matter what. So let's travel back in time all the way to 2000, right? The turn of the millennium. It's Christmas morning. You wake up. You head downstairs to open the presents, right? Let's all close our eyes. Travel back in time with me, okay? Um, you've asked for one thing and one thing only all year since it was released. You wanted the brand new PlayStation 2. I had it. Excellent console. I had all the PlayStations, believe it or not, because I was spoiled. Um, and, and I come from a, a background of privilege, straight up. Um, but anyways, you wanted the brand new PlayStation 2. It's all you wanted. You wanted it so bad. It was literally the only thing on your Christmas list. But because money was a little tight, okay, mom and dad couldn't quite afford the PlayStation 2. They could only afford the PlayStation 1 that had released just a few months earlier. If you remember back in 2000, they kind of backed those back up on each other. PlayStation 1, about six, seven months later, PlayStation 2 came out. Um, that's what's happening right now with the Georgia football program. That's what it is with your quarterback situation. You were promised all offseason the PlayStation 2. You were promised all offseason. Everyone talked about how good JT Daniels was going to be. His processor's smooth, right? His memory card's bigger than that PlayStation 1. And he's been given the controller to this offense 100%. JT Daniels, JT Daniels, JT Daniels. It's all you've ever wanted. You've wanted an elite offense with an elite quarterback, an elite gaming console. You wanted the PlayStation 2. But guess what? Now we're in the middle of the season, and money's a little tight. People are a little banged up. And you got the PlayStation 1. 
You got Stetson Bennett. That's what it is. He's suiting up as your starter because money's a little tight. And look, it's still a great console. The PlayStation 1 is. Stetson Bennett, still a really good quarterback, okay? But instead of being thankful that your parents at least had the resources to get you the PlayStation 1, instead of being thankful that at least your roster's deep enough to have a a capable backup and a guy that can go out and run your offense and play your offense, though he has some limitations, you want to be ungrateful. You want to piss and moan because, oh, well, I I was promised JT Daniels. I was expecting JT Daniels, and now he's hurt. So now I'm going to despise the PlayStation 1. I wanted the PlayStation 2. Mommy and Daddy didn't get it to me. And now I'm going to be upset and I'm going to despise this PlayStation 1. I'm not going to treat it well. I'm not going to be thankful for it. I'm not going to talk well about it to my friends. I'm not going to go on social media and speak highly of it. Despite the fact that it runs really, really well. And it plays some good games. And you know, the graphics might not be as good as the PlayStation 2. But it's still a really, really good console. And it treats me well. And it's dependable. And it don't break down. Even though every once in a while you got to in the remote, right? Every once in a while, you got to change some things, right? Every once in a while, you got to clean the CD disc off, okay? Be a little more grateful. That's all I'm going to say. Because every once in a while, if you look up and just take a, a, a grand view of the landscape of college football, there ain't too many programs that are as blessed with a backup like Stetson Bennett as Georgia is. They're not. Their starter goes down, their season's over. Your starter went down. You beat the number eight team in the country by 37 points at home. That's what you did. Your quarterback was seven for 11. You went up against a UAB team who, believe it or not, is actually a pretty good football team. They are. And that dude shredded them. Absolutely shredded them. Again, is it the PlayStation 2? Is it JT Daniels? No. I'm not sitting here telling you that Stetson Bennett is an NFL quarterback. I'm not. It's not what I'm doing. What I'm telling you is you should be thankful that when the number eight team comes to uh, town and, and plays the University of Georgia, I get it. You ran the ball like hell against them, but they still dropped a lot in coverage because they were still a little bit threatened by even Stetson Bennett. Just be a tad bit more, a tad bit more thankful. And yes, you do have a chance to win a national title with Stetson Bennett as your quarterback. You know why? Because the rest of your roster is really, really good. The rest of your Christmas presents were stacked, okay? Were really, really stacked. So instead of being hyper-focused about what you were promised or what you thought you were promised and didn't get because money was a little tight, just be a little more thankful, okay? It will make your enjoyment, it'll raise your enjoyment levels, I promise you. Instead of just being mad at what you didn't get or mad at what you don't have, be thankful for what you do have. That's a lesson about life. That ain't a lesson about football. Now, do all of us apply that to everything? No, we don't. If we did, we'd all be a whole hell of a lot happier, though. I promise you that right now. So, again, in conclusion, yeah, you woke up on Christmas. Football is your Christmas. Y'all know that. Every Saturday is Christmas for you guys. You're extremely, extremely excited to watch Georgia football play. Don't be mad at Stetson Bennett because JT Daniels is banged up right now. Don't go to social media and be upset because the mailman is your quarterback. Be thankful because you still got a PlayStation 1 when other kids got lumps of coal for Christmas, okay? So just hold on to that one. Just hold on to that one. And since I'm being extremely, extremely high on this high horse, like really high up on this high horse, um, just taught you a lesson about being grateful, Um Let's teach some coaches about accepting some responsibility. You want to do that? I know I want to do that. I absolutely want to do that. Um, Meanwhile, I I would love to get your comments on your favorite Christmas present of all time. Tweet me at BrooksAustinSI. Anything you want to do there, uh, would love to have that. We got a bunch of super chats flying in. Let's holler at these. We already hollered at Jamie Goodman. Uh, Trey Beck says, Brooks, here's the question. Can UGA win a national championship? Yep. We just addressed that one. Uh, the Green Soldier says, Brooks, you're absolutely on it today. I challenge those complaining to name another backup as good as Stetson Bennett. 100% there, the Green Soldier. I couldn't even tell you who Alabama's backup is. That tells you exactly where they're at in terms of quarterback depth. So, Rude says, shout out, Rudes. Uh, Brooks preaching it right now. Gratitude. Gratitude's important, man. It really is. Gratitude 
will save you a lot of heartache in this world. If you're just thankful for the things that you have instead of looking up and always wishing for more, you'll be a lot happier in this life. I promise you that. It's something I even have to, I, I still have to learn. I, I, I always want the next thing instead of being thankful for what it is that I have right now and very, very excited um, for what I have, right? Be grateful for what it is that you have. And again, while we're teaching lessons, we taught you a lesson about gratitude. Let's teach you a lesson about accepting responsibility, which is very, very important in this life. I see Robert with another super sub. Appreciate you, my brother. Um, excuse me. Let's talk about accepting responsibility. A couple SEC programs lost this week. Uh, uh, an independent program lost this week as well. I'm talking about LSU. I'm talking about Florida. Obviously, LSU got beat by Auburn. Uh, Florida got beat by Kentucky and Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati at home. And, and we can talk about these games in the sense of as to why they lost or what went wrong in the game for each of these programs. We could do that all day till I'm blue in the face. It's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about what it is when I talk about accepting responsibility, right? Okay. That's the thing I'm more focused on in this aspect and analyzing that for these programs right now, because they are pretty big programs. LSU, Florida, and Notre Dame mean a lot to college football. They 100% do. College football is better when those teams are competitive and really, really good. Say what you want about them. I know you're Georgia fans. I know you don't necessarily like all three of those programs. College football is better when they are around and they are talented and they are good. Okay? So that's that. Um, let's, address, let's address Dan Mullen first, right? Now, Mullen over his time as a head coach – not really one to consistently or have a propensity uh, to accept responsibility, right? He's just not one, okay? After losing by 35 points in a New Year's Six Bowl, most would consider rather embarrassing after an 8-3 eight and, th eight and three season up to that point where you almost beat Alabama, um, almost, again, beat Alabama. You go and lose by 35 points to an Oklahoma team that, yeah, was finishing the, or finishing the season strong, but ain't all that good last year. Lose by 35 points in that bowl game on national television in the Sugar Bowl. And what do you say in your post-game press conference? You talk about how the last game you played of the 2020 season was a month before in the SEC championship game. That's what you say. You don't talk about how your team played terrible. You don't talk about how, you know, it's on me for not having my guys ready. You don't talk about how it's on me for not having our defense prepared and giving up 55 points. You don't talk about how it's on me that you're starting quarterback and at that point Heisman hopeful or had been Heisman hopeful through three interceptions in the first half. You don't talk about how you didn't have your offense line ready. You don't talk about how you didn't have your secondary weapons ready when all those guys opted out. You just made excuse after excuse after excuse. That's what he did. Okay? And then we flash forward to this year. You lose to Kentucky on the road – for the first time since hair bands were a thing. Yeah, it's been that long. It's been like since the 80s that you lost at Kentucky at the University of Florida. And when asked whether or not he felt as if he were outcoached in the football game, instead of saying, yeah, I got to be better, he reads the box score like he's one of these Twitter box score scouters. I mean, well, we outgained him 382 yards to 250. Did we get outcoached today? No. Despite the fact that he had 15 penalties on his football team, 15 penalties for 115 yards, you add those on to the team total yardage and you, by God, you got outgained. Yeah, you did. So, seven of which of those were false starts. You know what requires discipline and the acceptance of responsibility? Playing football. It's why coaches preach about it all the time. They preach personal responsibility. They teach accepting responsibility. They teach discipline. That's what they teach. The good ones at least do all the time. Okay? So if you've got a head coach that doesn't do these things, if you've got a head coach that never looks in the mirror and says, that one's on me, then your program's never going to have it. Your players aren't going to have it. You're going to have seven false starts on the road. You're going to have an additional eight penalties in that football game. You're going to lose games like this that you shouldn't. It starts with the guy up top. In every organization, it starts with the guy up top. And if the guy up top is not the first one to say, that one's on me, then you're not going to have a good organization. You're not going to have a good program. You're not going to have a good business. So it's about time that a head coach stands up 
in front of the the microphone and says that one's on me. At least at these programs. Did you watch Ed Orgeron's post game press conference after a come come from behind win by Auburn at home? Did you watch it? It was seven minutes long. Not once did he say that's on me. I've got to get better there. It was my offensive line stinks. We can't get the quarterback down. Our situational awareness was terrible. This, 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 this. We're bad here. We're bad here. We're bad here. Not once was it, I failed to make us better in this department. I've let this slip. Same thing for Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly at halftime. Have you seen this? It, it, I'm going to read it, but if you watched it, you really know what I talk about, what I'm talking about here. This was one of the worst halftime speeches I've ever seen in my life. It's no shocker that they didn't come back in this football game down 17 to nothing and a half. Just listen to these words, okay? Listen to them. Listen to where he's casting the blame for a 17 and 0 start at halftime. I'm going to read it to you. Again, if you can find the video, please do. Go watch because you'll get the tone. You'll hear the tone. I'm going to try to convey it as best I can, but I'm not going to be able to. And I quote, you're evaluated for every snap that you play in this second half wearing that Notre Dame jersey. And you're going to play the right way or you're not going to play. Period. End of discussion. To our standards that we've set with grit, attention to detail, smarts, laser focus, and with an incredible attitude. If you do that, eh, good things will happen. Let's go play. Again, some things that stuck out to me here. Like, oh, talking about ownership, there's no ownership of mistakes that he made in the first half, just ownerships of, ownership of the program and the standards with which he's set in the program. He's using we, he's talking about me. Why, listen to this. You're evaluated for every snap that you play in this second half wearing that Notre Dame jersey, my jersey. And you're going to play the right way and or you're not going to play at all. Period. End of discussion. To our standards that we've set, grit, really grit, attention to detail, smarts, laser focus with an incredible attitude. Look, there's coach speak and then there's defamation of blame. Just, I'm just going to throw everyone under the bus except for me. You guys aren't playing good enough. You've got to be better. You've got to play to my standard. You've got to wear that Notre Dame jersey with pride. You, 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 you. Finger point, finger point, finger point. I think it's funny. It's funny and it's rather ironic that all of this stuff, right? All of this stuff that Brian Kelly did at halftime, all the stuff he did in, you know, leading up to the football game, right? Saying Cincinnati is just grateful for the opportunity, setting his team up really well for that one. Um, All of this stuff. It comes the week after he broke Newt Newt Rockne's career winnings record. It comes the week after that. I find it ironic because if you listen to that halftime speech versus some of the speeches that Newt Rockney's given or gave back when he was the head coach at Notre Dame, I want you to take the time. Go watch that Brian Kelly speech. Go listen to the tone. Listen to the inflection. Watch how his players respond to him. And then go watch an actual coach that's an actual people manager and listen to how he talks to his players in Newt Rockney up there in Notre Dame. The two could not be any more different. They could not be any more different. And again, I, th- I think that's hilarious. It's hilarious and ironic to me. The contrast of styles. One's very, very successful. The other one is semi-successful in a non-conference schedule where they don't really play anybody and when they do, they lose. Okay, so yeah. Acceptance of responsibility, like gratitude, rather important in life. Rather important in life. So once you figure those things out, you'll be okay. And there's again, there's still things that I'm I'm grinding my way through, trying to figure it out. Acceptance of responsibility is kind of tough for me. Uh, I don't ever. I, it's hard for me to admit I'm wrong. But again, back to our first point today: surround surround yourself with good people. It's hard not to have acceptance of being wrong in this household because my wife's always right, as she should be. She's probably watching right now. Shout out to her. Um, but yeah. Some real high horse ranting today on MBR. Uh, appreciate all you guys for being here. We've got a bunch of comments flying in. Top chat's rolling deep right now. Appreciate all you guys for being here. Hit that thumbs up button as always. You know we got to ask you to do that. 
We will take Q&A at the end of today's show for a brief moment. So save your questions. And if you want me to hit them, if you want to ask them now, maybe you won't be around for the end of the show, just leave those question up marks. Uh, make sure you leave a question mark on there. So it's just easier for my dumb brain to just, oh, question. There it is. Uh, if I have to sit here and read through all thousands of these comments, it's not going to be a good day. Um, appreciate you for being here as always. Uh, one more shout out to Thrive Fantasy. Go check those guys out. ThriveFantasy.com. Use promo code Brooks. You will get a deposit match. Um, and it'll help the show out. We keep growing because of you guys. The wife says, you are not wrong. Wifey knows best. 1,000%. 1,000%. Being humble enough to admit that you're wrong is very, very important. It's acceptance and responsibility. That's what it is. It boils down all to that. And uh, she's taught me a lot about that in the six and a half years that we've been together. Coming up on our two-year anniversary. Right? Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Two-year anniversary with the wife. Um, Shout out her. Um, Give Carter... Uh, a hug and a kiss for me. You're seeing a bunch of questions go in there for Miss Austin. Y'all feel free to blow her up. Um, she'll probably sneak in one of these days and do a Q&A with you guys. So that'll be fun. All right. Let's talk about our buy, sell, and hold. I told you this one's going to be a little bit quicker this week than normal. We're already 32 minutes into the show, and we haven't even hit buy, sell, and hold. So I've got a buy, I've got a sell, and I've got a hold for you. Uh, we'll start with the buy. I'm buying this Cincinnati team to the playoff. I am. This one seems way too easy, honestly. It's not even like most people think I'm a hot take guy. This one seems kind of like a lock at this point. Think about it. You know, they got Temple on Friday. I think they're favored by 29 points. They got to play a UCF team without their starting quarterback, McKenzie Milton. Um, not McKenzie Milton. I forget his name. The lefty from uh, from Hawaii. Sorry. Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, USF. SMU, and ECU on the schedule. They will be favored heavily in almost every single one of those football games. The toughest one, the one lone ranked opponent left on the schedule is SMU, and I don't know if SMU is going to be ranked by the time they play them in the second-to-last game of the season. So, they will be the most talented football team on the field the rest of the season. They will be the best-coached football team on the field the rest of the season. That lines up perfectly for them to run the table yet again. Now, last year, they ran the table, didn't get in. Played Georgia in a Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, right? New Year's Six Bowl, all fine and dandy. But there were just too many good teams last year that got into the playoff ahead of them. They finished sixth, I believe, in the final college football playoff rankings. That won't happen this year. If they run the table, they will get in, and here's why. They will be the first non-Power 5 team to get into the college football playoff since it was invented because... Ohio State's got a loss. Oregon's got a loss. Oklahoma's shaping up for a loss, by God. If they don't, if they sneak out of that Big 12 roster or schedule without a loss, I'd be shocked. Seems like they get snuck up on every week. Uh, Clemson's already dropped two, so you can throw the ACC out unless you're taking a Wake Forest team. Good luck with that. Um, Notre Dame's now out. They've lost their one important football game or, you know, with an independent schedule, just like a non-Power 5 schedule, you pretty much got to run the table. They're out. The Pac-12 appears to be out thanks to Oregon losing to Stanford now. So you throw out the ACC, you throw out the Pac-12, you might be able to throw out the Big 12. You're going to take two teams from the SEC. Who makes it out of the Big 10? Are they undefeated? Bottom line, shaping up really, really good for Luke Fickle and his team to be in this college football playoff for the first time ever. And guess what? If they get drummed by Alabama by 40 points, that's okay. It is because a lot of teams get drummed by Alabama by 40 points. Did you watch that national title game last year? It was kind of a snoozer. It was a snoozer early in that football game too. So everyone gets beat like crazy by Alabama in the college football playoff. They got an average margin of victory by a bunch in the games in which they have won. So I think this is a perfect year to have it happen. Uh, Cincinnati's handled their business. They beat a top 25 Indiana. They beat a top 10 Notre Dame on the road in both occasions. This is the one. This is the year to slide them Bearcats into that college football playoff, and I think they're going to do it. I'm buying that right now, and that's a long play. We'll see if it happens towards the end of the season. 
Um, yeah, I'm buying since Jamie said I'm buying Cincinnati as a first round exit. I am too. That's fine. It's not the point. The point is the fact that finally a, a, a non-power five team is going to sneak in and they deserve it, right? This isn't a UCF schedule where they go through their conference in the conference USA and just drum everybody. That's not, and just beat everybody like crazy and win, win by a bunch of, you know, 20, 25 point margin of victories. That's not the case with Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got two quality wins on the schedule. They do. They 100% have two quality wins on the schedule, especially that Notre Dame on the road game. That's a that's a good win. Notre Dame beat Wisconsin. Now, we've seen what Wisconsin is now, but they beat the crap out of Wisconsin. So, Notre Dame's not a bad football team. They're going to finish in the top 15, top 20, I would imagine, by the end of the season. So, I'm buying them. And I'm buying Luke Fickle as well. I think they'll run the table the rest of the year. And who cares? Again, if they get beat like crazy by Alabama in the first round or whoever it is, Georgia in the first the first matchup, it doesn't matter. It's all fine and dandy. The story's still good. Because, again, you put Penn State on the field with Alabama right now. Alabama's probably going to be favored by 15, 16, 17 points. They are. So... Everyone right now looks like they're going to get beat by Alabama and Georgia like nobody's business. They're the two best teams in the sport. They should. But you still got to take four. And right now, by the end of the year, I think Cincinnati is going to be one of those best four teams. So they'll get it. I'm buying that stock. I am selling. I am absolutely selling this Penn State versus Iowa game. I already know how this one's going to shape up, guys. I do. It's going to be 10-6 to going into the fourth quarter. It's going to be a, a you know nasty game weather-wise probably because that's how Big Ten football is. And we're going to hear all about how, oh, man, what a, what a great defensive struggle going on between Iowa and Penn State up there at Iowa. When in reality, it's just two terrible offenses having a rock fight in the middle of the street. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be sold as great defense. I'm not buying it. I'm selling it. I don't want to watch this football game. I'll probably watch a little bit of it anyways just to say that I did um, and just to confirm my suspicions about this football game. But it ain't going to be one to watch. It's going to be boring. It's going to be reincarnation of the season opener between Penn State and Wisconsin. Utah, I wanted to pull your teeth out. Go watch that football game again. Oh, my God. It's Big Ten football without Ohio State. That's what it is, and it's going to be boring. It's so boring, in fact. It's going to be so boring, in fact, that it's the number three versus number four team in the country and college game days going uh, to the Red River rivalry. That's how boring it is. College game day wanted nothing to do with it. And I know what people are going to say. Oh, well, they've already been to Penn State this year. They've already had Penn State on college games. So? Georgia was on college game day two times in five weeks. Why can't Penn State be on there two times in three weeks? You see what I'm saying? It's the best ranked game on the schedule this week. And my God, is it going to be boring. Holy smokes, it's going to be boring. Okay? So don't worry about it. Skip over it. It won't be on our watch plans this week when we get there. We're selling it. I am holding, and this is kind of Georgia-related. I'm holding Mel Tucker stock. I don't want to buy too much of it. I'm certainly not selling it. But I'm not going to push my chips in all the way on this one just yet. Now, let's give him credit for what he has done. He's completely revamped that decimated roster. Okay, decimated roster under D'Antonio. Has rebuilt it really, really quickly. I mean, it seems like within months he had flipped that roster completely around. But he did it through the transfer portal. And I think he's a great case study. At least Michigan State is a great case study for I know you can rebuild your program through the transfer portal if you get the right guys, the right cultural fits, and you hit on a bunch of transfer portal entries. I think he's got 20 of them or north of 20 on that roster. He's got a bunch of them, a boatload of transfer entries. And they've revamped their roster. They're 5-0 and right now. But is it sustainable? That's the case study for me. I know you can have a quick turnaround. You just signed basically the equivalent of a bunch of free agents out of the free agency market and some good ones too, that running backs elite. Um, but is it sustainable? Is this something that, you know, you can do every year? Because these guys are now old, right? You're not rebuilding the roster. You're reloading the roster. And that clip's going to be empty within two years at least, right? Most of these guys are upperclassmen that you've taken. So is it sustainable? Is it something that's going to last a long time? Um, I will say this. 
He's recruiting right now at a top 20 level in 2022 in a 5-0 season. Okay, So he's recruiting relatively well, better than most coaches have at Michigan State. Um, I just want to I want to hold off. I know they're 5-0. The schedule hasn't been all that great just so far yet. They're going to play some better football teams coming down, coming down the pike. I believe they have Penn State and Ohio State on the schedule this year, and I think one other pretty tough football game. So let's hold the Mel Tucker stock. Let's not go crazy about how good of a head coach he is just yet because I will say this. The way in which he left Colorado, not a good look. Not a good look. So, we'll hold off on that. I think we gave him his credit. We gave him his dues. He's done a really good job flipping that roster. Is it sustainable? Again, great case study. As is, I think, Florida State. Florida State obviously didn't pick that many of the right ones, right? They hit on Jermaine Johnson. They did there. The rest of those guys haven't really been impact players on that roster just yet. And they're facing a one and four schedule or one and four record right now, and it's gonna get worse before it gets better down there. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see what's going on with this idea of rebuilding your roster through the transfer portal. And a lot of them, right? Georgia takes three or four of them every year, two or three, three or four, depending on what they need, what their needs are on the roster, how many guys left, how many positions they have to fill, things like that. But doing what these guys have been doing in terms of 15, 20, that's a lot, okay? That's a lot. So we'll have to see if it's sustainable over the long haul. That was my buy, sell, and hold. Told you, wasn't going to give you a lot of it. We had to be tight there um, just because we opened in such a a, a lengthy fashion, a lot more topics um, than we typically do before we get into buy, sell, and hold. But I got Stone Cold B's Austin's lock of the week. We are two and one. Again, self-scout thyself. I'm not I'm not betting against Alabama the rest of the year. Maybe I might. I don't know. I'm probably not going to do it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. It, it makes me sweat, okay? It doesn't – a lot of things make me sweat, but it really makes me like nervous sweat, like bead sweat, right? Not good. Don't like it. Don't ever feel good about it. Never do. Um, probably done doing it. So that's shame on me for even thinking that, you know, Alabama wasn't just going to beat the brake drums off of – uh, Ole Miss at home. Yeah, probably should have saw that one coming. That's on me. I laid the 14 and a half. Got the 14 and a half points last week. Didn't like it. Lost. Two and one. So let's see if we can get back on the right track this week with our Stone Cold Lock of the Week. And it is, believe it or not, Mel Tucker's fighting Spartans. Minus five and a half on the road at Rutgers. I've been fading Rutgers every single week this entire season. It's only caught me once, and that's because Michigan is an up-and-down football team like a friggin' roller coaster under Jim or John Harbaugh. That's Jim Harbaugh. It's not my fault. It's Michigan's fault. I'm blaming it on them. But I like the way Michigan State can run the football. I don't like the way Rutgers can stop the run of the football. Kenneth Walker, three tutties, a buck 80. Take it on any prop bet you can find. Um, it's coming to Thrive Fantasy eventually. I've talked to the decision makers over there, told them how much, how much of a market it is to have college football, but I'm with them. NFL's the king. Um, three tutties, 180 plus yards. Sparty gets me back on the right track this week. Take the Spartans, lay the five and a half points. I like it. It's the lock of the week. All right, let's open up some Q and A, shall we? Let's get these loaded up. All right, let's see if we can find any while you guys are jumping some new ones in there. Um, some questions about the Curious Jackson stuff last yesterday that came out. I had no comment. It was a, a joke, man. UGA minus three and a half, first quarter spread versus Auburn. Think Auburn will be able to put up any points in the first half against us. Georgia is the number one team in the country this year in the first quarter. They score the most points. They allow the least amount of points. I'm taking that one. If you can find that that first quarter bet minus three and a half, take it. I, I think this is a Georgia's up 14 to three, 14 to six. Actually, they won't even get that many, many possessions. 14 to three type of game in the first quarter. Georgia will jump out on this football team because that's what they've done this year. They come out. They handle their business. They're a, they are a very mature mature football team you have no idea how mature this football team is I, I was talking to some people yesterday I got some things coming up for the Patreon folks over there 
You're going to love what you see and hear about this football team over there on Patreon coming up very, very soon. I can't explain to you. Um, so if you're watching today and you're not a member of our Patreon community, feel free. You'll love it. Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Um, Luigi says, all right, now I know what not to take. Thanks, Brooks. Yeah, I mean, you can bet on Rutgers. More power to you. I'm not doing it. Um, some folks hollering at each other about coaching in there. Still no questions. Can we get some questions in here? Will UGA allow more than one offensive touchdown this Saturday? Hmm, no. I'm going to take the under there, too. Just too good. Unless they're, like, up big. Maybe they put the, the backups in and they score late. But, no, I don't see that happening. But I also – there's two things I worry about in this football game, and they're the only two things I worry about. Jordan Hare, funky things happen. History proves that. Crazy, crazy things happen at that stadium. Things that you never would imagine could have happened. Um, the other thing that scares me in terms of this question, Bo Nix, say what you want about him, he going to scramble back there, and if he can stay up on his feet long enough, maybe somebody sneaks in behind the defense. Um, so maybe does Carson Beck win this game as his first start? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, I think, I think they could lean on the defense and, and pound the run game. This offensive line for Auburn is so bad. It's great that Bo Nix is an athlete cause he's going to be running for his daggum life on Saturday afternoon. So I'd be paying attention to that one for sure. Bama is praying for the mailman. Okay. Thomas Tyson, Stetson with Copenhagen equals plus five accuracy. Those are facts. It's actually a stimulant, so that makes sense. Who has the most important who is the most important recruit this cycle for Georgia? I think it's Malachi Starks. With how thin you are right now at safety, if Chris Smith and Lewisine leave for the NFL, I wouldn't be shocked if Malachi Starks starts as a true freshman. I've compared him to Eric Berry. That's what I think he is. Um, the character eval on this guy is absolutely absurd. The the things you hear about this young man from his hometown, uh, from his coaches, from staffers at Georgia that have helped recruit him, you can't speak highly enough about this guy. So not only is he you know a five star talent, not only is he going to be in our SI ninety nine, probably within the top fifteen players, he's an elite human, and those things are off the charts, making him the most valuable player in this recruiting class for Georgia. And quite frankly, I don't think it's close. You can talk about the quarterback. You can do whatever you want there. Malachi Stark's the most important player coming to Georgia in these coming years. Um, and again, I don't think it's close. Uh, if Cincy have a struggle game with uh, – does Cincy have a struggle game with the remaining opponents? Uh, they have to do – you still think – okay. I read this all wrong. If Cincy has a struggle game with the remaining opponents, they have – do you think – uh, they get in a struggle game, meaning they only beat a team by four or five points, maybe kick a late field goal win. That's a good question. We'll have to see. But no, most of these most of these games, they're going to be like heavily favored in. And yes, they still have to handle business. They got I'm not saying they got to blow teams out, but they certainly have to put up a, a quality resume. If you don't have quality opponents, you best have quality wins. And the way to do that is to score in quantity and win in quantity. So we'll see. Trey Summer asks, who starts at outside linebacker next year? I think Nolan stays, Sherman, and who else? Uh, Chaz Chambliss in the mix. Uh, and then after that, you're looking at a bunch of incoming freshmen probably that are going to be really good. We don't know who they're going to sign yet. We don't know. Who, I, I got to work on my weekend. We don't know who they're going to sign yet, but some of these freshmen that they're after, some of these 2022 recruits that they're after, they're, they're really, really talented, and they might be able to make a run at them. So, yeah, I, I would assume if Nolan Smith stays that you get a rotation of uh, MJ Sherman and Chaz Chambliss on the flip side. Brooks, who is the fourth team in the college football playoff if it was tomorrow? I mean, right now, you have to take it for what it's worth. You're not going to take two Big Ten and two SEC teams. So, Georgia and Alabama get in, since he gets in, and the winner of that Iowa-Penn Iowa State game gets in. That would be it. But you said today, so I'd take Penn State. They got a quality win. Iowa does not. Thoughts on left tackle rotation play? Hold on. Got jumped out here. 
Um, let's see here. Where did it go? Thoughts on left tackle rotation play from this last game. Uh, I, you know, I thought both guys played well. I thought Jamari had one of the worst games of the season so far for him. His standard, I hold him to such a higher standard because he is an experienced football player and he's a really good football player. I didn't think he played all that great on Saturday based off what I saw on film. I think Broderick's getting there. He's getting a little bit more confident. He's playing a lot faster and a lot more physical, so there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I missed one. Xavier and Sori should be ne ready next year uh, at outside linebacker. He will get some run and some burn there as well. Uh, only takeaway I get from this analogy is Brooks is still mad AF about that PS1. Uh, no, I told you. We, I, I had the PS1. I had the PS2, the 3, and I bought the 4 when I got to college. So, we're, we're is there a PS4? I think there was. I, yeah, we, we've had them all. We're good. I'm, I'm well privileged when it comes to the gaming consoles. So, we're good on that point. Uh, we're going to have another shutout. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say you're going to pitch another shutout, but it's going to be close. I think they Georgia will dominate the line of scrimmage so much so that Bo Nix, again, is going to be running for his life. Will JT be back by Georgia Tech? Yes, I think JT's back at Florida after the bye week, which is the question from Andrew D. We'll see. Uh, will Georgia use the same mush rush to contain Bo Nix, says Chandler Johnson? Probably something similar, but I think they just spy him a lot more. They did that a couple years ago with Adam Anderson, and it was ultra successful. So there you go. Uh, what happens at the barn and Bo Nix are crazy unpredictable. 100% there, Evan Sanders. Andrew Fisher says, if Jamari gets moved to guard, will it be left guard or right guard? It's appearing that it would be left. I would like for it to be left because I don't want him flipping sides. Just change too much when you do that. Whereas a guy like Justin Schaefer has probably, I can almost guarantee, I can guarantee this. He's been practicing at left guard mainly, but he's taking right guard reps as well. It's not as much of a transition. He's going from left to right, whereas Jamari's going from tackle to guard and from left to right. So leave him on the left side. Don't have to change too much there. Uh, Jay Shipes says, Brooks, your opinion, who is the third best team in the SEC? Uh, Kentucky, Florida, Arkansas, or Ole Miss? Yes. Yes. All of them. They're, they're all neck and neck right now. They can beat each other every single Saturday. You never know with any of those football teams. We'll get an answer on one of them this weekend, right? All, Ole Miss and Arkansas play each other. It's going to be a good football game. I believe Arkansas or Ole, Ole Miss is favored by like six and a half points, something like that. Maybe, maybe less. But, yes, all those teams are good. Are they great? Not quite yet, but we'll have to see about that, right? I think the SEC, just like the rest of college football, is two teams, Georgia and Alabama. And, I again, I think that's college football right now. We know two teams are good in college football, Georgia, Alabama. That's it. Everybody else still got a bunch of questions as to whether or not they are good. Oh, Steven Johnston giving me the, the old Auburn treatment. It's Jordan hair. My bad. That's on me. Let's see here. How does this seven additional scholarships for transfer thing work? Um, I haven't read the fine print on this, but it basically means if you have a guy leave, you get an additional scholarship for high school kids. I'm pretty sure that's the basis of the rule, if I remember correctly. So I don't know. What, see, that's the thing on the fine print, though. I don't know what the time span is on it, right? Because if a kid leaves in January, does it count for the class if a kid leaves in December? You follow me? Those are different calendar years. Are they different cycles? This is the thing that the NCAA's got to deal with, and that's why they suck at it, because even talking it out, it sounds confusing. And all we did was address the time span of when the guy enters the transfer portal. Because signing day is in December, but if a kid, you know, most of the work's done in December, but if a guy hits the transfer portal in January, do you get an additional scholarship for the previous class that's almost all signed? And at that point, do you, yeah, do you backtrack it? Can you flip? Nah, exactly, right? We're going to have to see how this one works out. It's a brand new rule. I got to do a lot more reading up on it. But I know that, uh, as I told the Patreon folks this morning, I know a roughly amount, the, the amount of numbers that Georgia is going to take this year. Let's see here. Uh, who will Georgia have? I think we already hit that one. These are coming way too fast. 
Who do you think plays JT or Stetson? I think it's Stetson this week. How much have Georgia's DBs improved, in your opinion? Um, I think Darian Kendrick's the same player he was when he showed up. Just a super good football player. Um, I think Chris Smith is getting a lot more confident. I don't know if you can give that credit solely to Jamal Adai, but I'll give him a little bit of credit. I'll give most of that credit to Chris Smith. It's a really smart football player that's now gaining confidence, and he's super talented. He's much more talented than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, Lewis Seen, I've seen some development there as well. He's just so physical and so physically gifted that he's that good. Um, the most improvement, though, that I've seen from week one to week five is Keely Ringo. You can give that to the, to the coaching staff if you want to. I will as well. Uh, Josiah Hart asks, which scenario brings back more draft-eligible players next year, winning the chip or coming close? Coming close. You win the chip, they all leave. That's what history shows us. Alabama won a chip last year. They didn't the year before. The year before, all of those juniors came back. The Najee Harris's, the Alex Leatherwoods, um, the linebacker Dylan Moses, right? All those guys come back. The the Devontae Smiths, um, the Jalen Waddles. I, I think he was a sophomore in 2019. You get the point. They returned a lot of guys off that 2019 team because they lost a, uh, an opportunity to play for a title. They come back in 2020. They won it in 2020. Mass exodus, including the juniors. So, yeah, you win a, you win a national championship, people leave, typically. The job is done, right? Um, thoughts on Travis Hunter visiting Saturday? It's big. It's really, really big. Um, and, Robert, you're baiting me here. I think you're asking this question to tease the Patreon, and I appreciate that. Um, I've given you all my thoughts and opinions, and you know this because you're a Patreon subscriber. So if you want the latest on Travis Hunter, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin to the live viewers here. Uh, more on Tyreek from the Nug this morning. You mean Tyke. Um, yeah, look, dude, Latavius Rennie's played lockdown. Lockdown this year. Absolutely incredible. He's played lights out. So, yeah, I know. I know there's an All-American that transferred in. I get that. I 100% do. But Latavius Rennie's playing really, really well this year. He is. So I think, I, and I talked about this in the film study the other night, I think there's one area of improvement that he provides as a, like on the roster. And if you're playing a team that likes to, you know, run outside zones, stuff like that, um, run outside the tackles, throw a bunch of screens into the boundary, play outside the numbers and, and outside the sticks with short yardage yak plays, then yeah, I'd probably want to play Tyke Smith because he's an elite, elite open field tackler. But outside of that, Latavius has played lights out. Lights out. So it's going to be hard for Tyke Smith to get onto the field this year in a starting role. He will play when healthy because Georgia loves to go dime. That's what they do. So there you go. How's Mims' development going on? Like all freshmen, he's, he's gaining steam. He's getting better week in and week out. So that's good to know. Let's see here. Is Florida a realistic game for George Pickens to return for? I don't know, man. I like we talk about this all the time, right? We we talk about George Pickens' return. And I've given you the information that I know about him. But I also know that he's unpredictable. He's as unpredictable as a human football player can be. That's what I know. So he could show up tomorrow. He could show up next week. He could not show up at all. I don't know. I really don't. And I, quite frankly, I don't think Georgia knows, to be 100% honest with you. So we'll have to see on that one. How many times, let's see here. How many times will Washington bulldoze someone in the run game? Six, seven times a game, 100%. How many more shutouts does Georgia get the rest of the season? They blank Charleston Southern. They blank Georgia Tech. They don't blank Tennessee. Tennessee will score just because that's what Heupel does. He'll run 75 plays, gain 85 yards, and score a touchdown. In the whole, that'll be the box score. Book it. Let's see here. All right, folks. I think we're <clears throat> excuse me. I think we're going to call it a day on that one. Unless we get any super subs. Before we leave, I got to give one more shout out to Thrive Fantasy guys. I can't tell you how much it helps the show with you supporting the people who support us. This ain't one of those other sponsors. I know Cola Kicks, perfect brand. They're here. They're still going to be around. They're still family on the network. 
This is the keynote sponsor. These guys have heavily invested in this product to enhance what it is that we are doing here on this platform. So if you like me, if you like what I do, if you like our family, if you're a member of our family, throw some support behind the people that support us. Again, it is a prop-based fantasy market, right? Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Guys, listen to this. Every single week in the NFL, there's $140,000 guaranteed worth of prizes, and they've awarded over $4 million. Get a piece of that bread, I'm telling you. Thrive has featured $100,000 guaranteed contest, uh, and it is only $20 to enter, and first place takes home $20K. Think about that. $20,000, over $100,000 guaranteed in bonuses and winnings, and all it costs is $20 to enter. Use promo code BROOKS, and you will get a 100% match up to $100 on your first deposit. Uh, we would appreciate you for doing that. Also, feel free to sign up over there on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. All right. I've got film study tomorrow. Don't know how I'm going to do it. Can't find any film. Uh, can't find any all 22. But you